the volume. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Kumo Majesty 9 Solus TA91. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin, TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. This episode is brought to you by Sunchips. Sunchips are making it easy to snack a little smarter this year, so you don't have to give up your favorite snack. Reveal what else you're never going to give up in 2022 for a chance to win $1,000. Official rules at NeverGonnaGiveItUp.com. No purchase necessary. Enter by February 27th, 2022. 17 plus, 50 US, DC, and PR. The J-Boy Show is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to bet all the action than on FanDuel Sportsbook during the football season. Uh, there's one. Uh, there's many reasons why I like using it. I mean, betting on the NFL, they're America's number one sportsbook. It's easy to use, it's safe and secure, but I love the fast payouts. I'm huge on that, and you get it as quick as two hours. That's tough to find and even harder to beat. Uh, and, you know... The convenience of it, you know, that there's a lot going on. There's a lot of games, whether it's live betting, whether it's betting before the games, you know, the spread, or you're taking the overs, the unders. They make it unbelievably easy to use. And the boosts, the odds, the specials that they run uh, are unbelievable. You get risk-free bets and same-game parlays. You get enhanced odd markets and a ton more. It's just a win-win for everybody. And if you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now and sign up with the promo code JBOY. That's J-B-O-Y. Let them know that I sent you. 21 and older and present in Arizona. Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7 or visit chat in Connecticut. 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com RG in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789 or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. All right, everybody, we are through championship week. And once again, after another week of college football, to quote Heath, Ledger, Heath Ledger's Joker, it is chaos. Going to start with Georgia and Alabama. And, and you guys know me, you, especially if you follow the show long enough. I'm going to be the first one 
to come on here and tell you if, if something went a different way than I thought it was going to go. Uh, you look at that whole game, and, and we're going to break it down here in a second. But, you know, you have a lot of people that in hindsight – and, look, if you're a fan of a team, it's one thing. You know, you're, you're always going to give your team the benefit of the doubt. And you should. That, that's how it is. That's part of being a fan. Fan is short for fanatic. And I don't mean that in, in a bad or nefarious way. Uh, we're all fans of somebody. Everybody you see on TV, every commentator, every broadcaster, every coach, everybody – is a fan of somebody. But if you had watched the whole college football season and you can say, oh, well, George is in the East and this, that, and the other. But when you've had a whole college football season full of inconsistencies, and I think we can all agree on that, who has been the most consistent team with the best roster? And typically that's been the Nick Saban way of doing things at Alabama to be able to win all these championships and sustain success and to have that standard. So after watching the whole season, you know, thinking Georgia had a really good chance, had their best chance, was poised, in my opinion, personnel-wise, roster-wise, and coaching staff-wise, to have their best performance against Alabama and get over that hump, I don't think it was a stretch by any stretch of the imagination. But after watching the game, you know, adjustments are always amazing to see, but they're not always schematical. You know, you, you make schematical adjustments and, and this, that, and the other, and you saw Alabama kind of hurrying up to the line and then waiting and then snapping and mixing it up to not let Georgia get a hold of their snap count. I think maybe the most underrated thing that Alabama did yesterday, they did a ton of great things, but the most underrated thing uh, that they did was they didn't let Georgia jump the snap. They didn't let Georgia get into a groove. They didn't say, stay in the same snap count. And you say, oh, well, that's obvious. Everybody does that. It's not as easy as you think it is. A lot of false starts happen when you start changing cadences, you start changing rhythms, you start changing the feel because players get feel as the game goes on, especially up front. So when you start changing that, you are risking a couple false starts and this and another to put you behind the eight ball and, and get you in second long and possibly third and long. Alabama really didn't do that. But the biggest story of the Alabama-Georgia game. And we can, you know, follow the bouncing balls and go through it, and we will. I've got the stats right here. Is two things. One, Georgia got up 10 to nothing. Had a ton of momentum coming in. And one could argue that the, the way Alabama played against Auburn may have been the best thing that could have happened to Alabama. But Georgia came in and went up 10 to nothing. I was there. It was in row six. Doing it the Georgia way. Making Bryce Young uncomfortable. You saw the run game working. You saw Stetson work in the intermediate game. And then you saw him go vertical and hit George Pickens. They were following it right by the book. But to me, this is when Nick Saban is at his best. When he's backed in the corner, when they think you're the underdog, and then when you're down. He just has an unbelievable Dumbledore-ish way of making things work out. Saban is Dumbledore. I mean, watching Alabama this year has been like watching a Harry Potter movie, like, like all of them. Well, Harry's going to have an opponent. He's going to almost die at the end, but somehow either him or Dumbledore is going to save him. And guess what? It happened again. But after that 10 to nothing run from Georgia to start the game, Bama did not panic. They did not panic. And Georgia opened the door. They busted a man coverage against the one guy you really can't do it against Jamison Williams, the human bullet train, which, by the way, 
do Jalen uh, d- does uh, Jamison Williams and Jalen Waddle not play and run and look like the same person? I- I'm just waiting. To, it's almost like the end of a Scooby Doo episode. I'm just waiting for them to pull off Jamison Williams' helmet. Does Jalen Waddle? Oh, and he wouldn't have got away with it if it wasn't for the metal and refs. Dude's unbelievable. But you bet. I think they had him bracketed. I, I need to go back and watch the tape, but I'm pretty sure they had him bracketed. So that gives you life, and then you go on a 17-0 run. And at that point, Alabama, who never lost belief, started believing even more. And Jordan, and you could you could almost feel it inside the dome. Here we go again from Georgia fans. I made the comment to, to some people sitting behind me that were Georgia fans. Listen, the last three times y'all played Bama, y'all were up at halftime and looking great. Maybe the best thing for y'all is to be down at halftime. Turns out they were tied. But the Tide did an unbelievable job of not putting their heads down, down 10 to nothing, going on a 17-0 run, going into halftime 17-17. All Saban wanted to do was to get this game to the fourth quarter. That's all he wanted to do. Just get it to the fourth quarter and give us a chance to win. And put some game pressure on Georgia. You know, we've talked about Georgia a ton on the show, obviously, but one thing we talk about a lot is game pressure. We talked about that with Auburn and Alabama. Auburn's got to find a way to put game pressure on Bryce Young. But when Bama got up, when they came out and hit him really quick to go up 24-17, Georgia had to, Georgia stopped doing what they normally did on offense and started trying to force it. Stetson Bennett threw the ball 48 times. I've been, I, I think the Stetson Bennett story is incredible. I've been as complimentary about Stetson Bennett and said, listen, you guys haven't lost. You're winning. It looks good. You're efficient. It's like gravity. But Stetson Bennett throwing 50 times is not going to win Georgia games. But the offense wasn't the story. Georgia scored 24 points. Now you can say they threw a pick six. So they netted 17. That's the way you have to look at it now. Because as a defensive guy, I used to hate when they used to add Offensive touchdowns, and you can take special teams touchdowns if you want. You give up a return, that's a defensive play. But if the offense does a pick six, that can't go toward the defense, total defense. So really, Georgia scored 17. But going into this game, you'd have thought 17, the way Alabama had been playing, especially up front on the offensive line, and that's what I'm going to get to next, would have been enough. And I know Alabama retooled and moved around some guys, but I don't care. That offensive line, and Bryce played a hell of a game. 26-44, 421, three touchdowns, 98 QBR. Won the Heisman. Bryce Young is your Heisman winner. And he won it. But what that offensive line did, holding up in pass pro, did they blow Georgia off the ball in the run game? No. Alabama's leading rusher had 55 yards on 16 carries. They had a team total of 115 rushing yards and one score with a long of 15. But they ran well enough to keep Georgia honest. That's the key. Balance is not 50-50. Very rarely are you 50-50. 
Balance is the threat of the run and the pass at any given moment outside of extreme situations. Third and 18, Hail Mary, taking a knee. You guys know what I mean. But if you had landed, if you were from Mars and you flew in just to watch that game yesterday and you hadn't watched any of the college football season before, you said Alabama's a better team. I was shocked. Probably the thing that that shocked me the most, and I think you guys will agree with me, we have the smartest football audience out there, was that when Georgia, and you saw Dan Lanning trying to mix it up as the game went, but Georgia realized we're not getting pressure with four. And for the first time all year, the back end was having to perform at a much higher clip from a play count than they normally do. And you kind of saw what happened. When you can't get pre- – and we, we talked about that, and you guys know this. The best defenses in the world. And I did a clip on what makes Georgia elite, and this is what it was, why they were one of the best ever. Because they can get pressure with four without blitzing. Couldn't last night. Doug Marone, unbelievable job coaching that Alabama offensive you know, former NFL head coach Doug Marone with former NFL head coach Bill O'Brien calling the plays. When Georgia realized they couldn't get pressure with four, they started trying to bring more pressure. Well, you got to rob Peter to pay Paul. You're still robbing Peter. Alabama was able to take advantage of Georgia even when they pressured Even when they pressured, they weren't able to get there. And Bryce was making quick decisions, getting the ball out, whether it was was spitting it to the back, whether it was hitting Latu in the middle and then taking the shot vertical when he had time. I mean, Bryce Young ended up with three carries for 40 yards and a touchdown. He wasn't in the negative rushing category, which means you didn't have a lot of sacks. It's nuts. It's absolutely nuts how Alabama was able to 100% flip the script on what Georgia does, their identity. So once Dan Lanning and them knew they couldn't get pressure before, all right, let's bring the Kobe. Let's start bringing an extra guy. Well, you get caught with your pants pulled down when you have a quarterback like Bryce Young that if you don't get there and you don't either bat down the pass, which we saw a couple times, or make make an errant throw, you're leaving yourself exposed. That's part of the game. But Georgia hasn't had to play the most dangerous game. And in most of these second halves, and really halfway from the third quarter on, teams have been having to try and throw to catch up to Georgia because they were down so much. Therefore, you're one-dimensional. This was the first game that through four quarters, Bama was able to make Georgia defend the run and the pass and have to take chances they didn't want to take and they haven't normally had to take. And you know what? It's about the players. Everybody from Alabama showed up yesterday. Alabama beat Georgia at what Georgia has done best the whole year, playing what? Complimentary football. I mean, Alabama just, I I want you guys to really feel me on this. Georgia has had given up, and, and, and I love this discussion, had given up seven points, I believe, in the second quarter all year. Bama scored none in the first and then dropped 20 
four in the second. They more than tripled the yearly output of the Georgia defense in the second quarter. More than tripled it. That's unbelievable, and it just goes to show you. And look, I picked Georgia to win the game. Believe me, on social media, guys, I know. And all the hindsight warriors out there, it's hilarious. If you ever get a chance, go watch the Captain Hindsight clip. Trust me. Because I picked Georgia to win the game. And that's the great thing about college football and sports in general. We saw 11 Georgia performances. Excuse me, 12 Georgia performances. Like, man, we know who they are. But Bama's roster and their ability to play well and Nick Saban's ability to put them in the matrix and make them perform was unreal. And, you know, the funny part was Alabama really didn't do anything exotic. I mean, this wasn't a trick play festival. They just beat him with what they've been doing, which is probably one of the most surprising parts. And I'm going to get to my thoughts on the playoff reveal and, and all this and a possible rematch, which you know the corporate sponsors of college football are licking their chops right now, waiting on an Alabama-Georgia rematch. That'll be viewed, I mean, as, as much as, you know, if Carmen Electra was running down the street right now in lingerie, get a lot of views. But Georgia fans are waking up this morning once again asking themselves, are we ever going to get over this hump? And my answer for you right now is, well, the sample size is five. And you're 0 for 5. Now, those who are calling for Kirby's job, come on, guys. Come on. You're about to get in the playoff. You're about to get another shot at him. He wins that game, and they win the natty. Y'all give him a lifetime contract and half of the, the minerals in Georgia. So that's ridiculous. And I'm not a big trends guy. But, I mean, you show it to me long enough, I'm going to start believing you. So when I look at, at, at going forward, if you're a Georgia fan, you'll have something to say, oh, well, you know, it's like a warm-up game, this, that, and the other. No, hell no. Jordan Davis and them came back for this game. This was the one they had circled. And they'll get another shot at them, but I promise you this. They are going to have to out-scheme Alabama. Because right now that personnel, when Alabama played at that level and dip. You can only get your team up to play in an elite level four, maybe five times a year. But Alabama got up for that one about as much as they could get. I don't know if Alabama could play any better than they played. Can they replicate that performance? Not betting against Nick Saban. Not betting against him now, I promise you that. Fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me five times. Hell, shame on everybody. But hats off to Alabama, Nick Saban, that coaching staff. I do want to say Brock Bowers is a monster, though. Yeah, all the Alabama fans listening right now are nodding their head. I see y'all. Y'all know. Y'all know good football when y'all see it. That kid is a freshman and an absolute monster. At one point, George is like, we're just going to start throwing it to him every play. But what's been a chaotic 2021 continues to be chaos. And I'm here for it. We don't, we, don't, we don't shy away here. 
and we're going to continue to talk about this. I mean, throughout the week, I mean, obviously it's, it's one of the biggest stories in the country as we move forward into the playoff. Uh, but I do I want, want to make an announcement. And for you guys that have followed the show, if this is your first time listening, I appreciate it. You can find us you know, on the volume YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. When you go over to see it, we're live every weekday, three to four Eastern. Cincinnati beat Houston. Since he's in. Since he's in. And my bet with my brother, which, you know, to preface, I won the earlier bet. and He had to eat six wings doused in the third hottest hot sauce on the planet, according to the Scoville scale. I get to be put in the trash can next week. So congrats to all the haters out there. Congrats. I'm going in the trash can next week. I'm a man. I keep my word. I, I'm a man. If I make a bet, uh, that, then I'm, then I'm going to make good on it. But Cincinnati handled business. It was tied early 14, 10 after the first kind of feeling it three. I mean, I mean, it's, four, it's 14, 13 Cincinnati at half. Then they come out in the third quarter and blank Dana Hog- uh, Hogerson in Houston, and that was the game. And we're going to find out. Like I said a couple weeks ago, y'all know my take on Cincinnati. Will they get Bama? We'll talk about it in the playoff reveal. But we're going to see now. We're going to see. So everybody that said this and said that about Cincinnati, we're, we will find out. That story will come to bear. But speaking of bears, Dave Aranda and the Baylor Bears don't score a point in the second half and win by five. Do you know Oklahoma State did not score double digits in any quarter of the game, which is nuts. They went 3-3-7-3, got stopped at the one to end the game. And the funny thing is, the Shapin kid that played quarterback for Baylor, the best quarterback on their roster. He looked under control. I know they didn't score a point in the second half, but he's got feel. He's got touch. He was a big-time baseball recruit out of the state of Louisiana. I mean, he just comes in and goes 23 to 28 for 180 and three tugs, including an absolute FDR dime in the, in the back of the end zone for, I believe, their third touchdown. Got me the over TTP, 20 and a half. Appreciate that. But we knew Oklahoma State – and we, we said Oklahoma State was one of those teams that makes you beat yourself. But on this day, it, it was almost like opposite day. Baylor did it to them. Steve Sanders, 31 of 48 for 257 and four. That's right. Four interceptions. Story of the game. Dave Aranda. You know, to, to, to quote a famous rap song, he's just been patiently waiting for a track to explode on. And he's doing it. It's not flashy. It's not sexy. But he just won the Big 12 with Baylor. He just won 11-2 with Baylor. They lock, locking him down? Priority <laughs> numero un. Have to do it. And I've heard cries, you know, Baylor needs to be in the playoff and this, that, and the other. And and I can understand that to a point, but this is why we need the 12-teamer. You win the conference, you're in. We're going to find out. We will find out if we had the 12-team playoff, but we don't yet. Give the people what they want. And, you know, when you watch Baylor on defense, it's not like they're just, you know, unbelievably athletic and, and unbelievably physical. They're just always where they're supposed to be. 
which shows you how disciplined they are. There's not a ton of NFL guys running around Baylor's roster right now. But they know who they are. And they continue to be who they are. And that's all it takes, really. So congrats to Dave Aranda. Congrats to the Baylor Bears. Unbelievable season. And then we go to the Big Ten. David Cones. Michigan absolutely dwarfs Iowa 42-3. to And look, this game was over from the jump. And remember our key to victory, Cade McNamara, just don't do crazy stuff. Just You don't have to, to throw for 500 yards. He went 16-24 to for 170 yards, a touchdown, an interception. You know what? Good. You gave me that stat line before the game, I'd have told you Michigan would have won. Because Iowa's offense, and look, Kirk Ferentz's son, listen, I know he's your son. You know, I, I get it. But Brian Ferentz just it is not getting it done for Iowa offensively. It's the same story over and over again. I don't know who's less popular in Iowa right now, Gary Barta or Brian Ferentz. But Petrus went 9 of 22. 9 of 22 for 137, no touchdowns, no interceptions. It's not good enough. Michigan just went out and did what they had to do. They, they were the better team, and they knew it. They knew they had to go out there and get up to play, but they didn't have to do anything outside of themselves. That's why the key to victory was calm down, Cade. Just calm down. You're not going to win the Heisman in this game. And he didn't. And if you look at Michigan, I mean, outside of the SEC, I mean, Michigan is trending up, 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 and it's house money. It's truly house money that they're playing with. And that makes you scary as hell. But they're handling business. Aiden Hutchinson, going to be the number one pick. Dobu, that defense, pretty fun to watch. Pretty fun to watch. And I do, as, as you know, we continue to scan through these championships, San Diego State got absolutely mopped by Blake Anderson in Utah State. Shout out to Blake Anderson. Couldn't happen to a better human being. Blake Anderson will get a really big job one day. To me, he's still one of the most underrated guys in coaching. All he does, oh, you know, he just goes to Utah State, wins the Mountain West. It was 10-3. and three. Louisiana, Billy Na uh, Napier, on his way to Florida, puts another ring on his finger. Congrats to ULL winning the Sun Belt. But I want to talk about this Pittsburgh-Wake Forest game for a second. And it's really not even so much about the game. You know, you thought it was going to be a 48-45 type game. It ended up being 45-21. But there's a play that we need to talk about. So Kenny Pickett, who is a phenomenal player, had one big run where he was running, got the first down, then pretended to slide like he was about to slide. So the defenders had to back off, and then he sped up and went. That, that's, that, that, that play should not be allowed. You can't pretend to give yourself up so then the defender doing what he is supposed to do within the rules of the game cannot touch you or it's a 15-yard penalty and they, and they you know go to his parents' house and tell him how bad he is and they go to his school and put up flyers about how he targeted somebody. We all know the hoopla around that. And I'm, not, I'm not mad at Kenny Pickett. He took advantage of the rule. 
Like on Mario Kart, you know the secret path to get to the finish line. Congrats on finding it. Until they close the loophole, keep doing it. But this is something that has to be fixed, and it's an easy fix. If you do that, it's an unsportsmanlike conduct. It's 15 yards. Because that's too far. That's like being the kid that when you used to play in the backyard growing up that would like snap the ball and be like, wait, time out. Then say time in and then run when everybody's not looking. Don't be that guy. Nobody liked that kid. So that's a rule we really have to look at in college football. And again, as college football is evolving, rules, you know, we, we find ways to make things better. Josh Pay came on the show last week, had a great quote. If you got a car and the transmission breaks, get a new car. If you got a flat tire, just change the tire. This isn't a, a get a new car situation. Just change the flat tire because it's blatantly obvious when you do it. Now, my thing is, I've got no problem if a runner, not a, not a quarterback in general, I mean, can be a quarterback, wide receiver, whatever, DB, whoever has the ball, is about to run out of bounds and then runs back inside with that, right before he goes out of bounds. Like he pulls up like he's going to go out of bounds and then takes off down the sideline. That's a legal play. That's a different story. But when you're in the field of play and you start to show you are sliding, and it's obvious, anybody that, that you know, a Cyclops could see it, and you start to slide and the defender has to hold up because that's what the referee's telling me has to do, you can't let that play go on. So all the people that are celebrating it, and again, I'm not going at Kenny Pickett, but this is a rule that has to change for the good of the game because if not, if I was a quarterback, I'd do it all the time. Why not? So at the end of the day, I think it's going to be very interesting to see if there's any ruling after the season. Do they look at it? Do they look at it before the playoffs? Because, again, it's an obvious, obvious thing. I mean, you don't have to use Pythagorean's theorem or, or go get Sherlock Holmes to figure out, you know, if he was attempting to slide or not. Pretty simple. What's leading? Defeat. Are the arms of the head. But congrats to Pitt. Big win. And, you know, again, guys, looking at these conference championship games and, and looking at this college football year as a whole, it's so nice not to have chalk. And, and you have, you know, again, we project games, we predict games. And when you do as much as we do and, and other people do in this space that don't just focus, you know, on one team, it's difficult. But your job and it's something you have to do but is the parody not fun it's been a blast for me as a college football purist as a as a fan of the game as a lover and a student of the game this has been amazing to watch because it's good for the game just like it's good if usc is good with lincoln riley and ucla is good with chip kelly and michigan's good with harbaugh and ohio state's good with ryan day and auburn's good with brian harson and we know bama with nick saban and miami's good with I don't know, Mario Cristobal maybe, or Manny Diaz. I guess we're going to find out. And then Florida State's good, and Florida's good, and Georgia's good. It's good for the game. And I'll be the first one to point out the chaos. But within this chaos, there is so much beauty. And I'm so excited for the future of the game. We just need to make sure we don't go over that 12-team cap in the playoffs. That's what we have to watch. As college football consumers, as like I mentioned, lovers of the, of the game of college football and football in general, there are some areas we have to protect. But with everything that's going on, 
the parity that we've seen this year, I think the continued parity that we will see, and then the added parity that we will see. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So whether you're heading out to explore a new trail or looking to set a personal best on your daily run, start your journey off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Discover the power of advanced nutrition for strength and stamina at ProPlansport.com. That's ProPlansport.com. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Toyo tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Toyo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Putting more teams in the playoff from a recruiting standpoint, especially up front, the best, and I know some people are negative about what's going on in college football. But how great have these games been? To know or think you know, but continue to be surprised in different ways by different groups each weekend. This is what it is supposed to be. This is why, in my opinion, college football is better than the NFL. This episode is brought to you by Death on the Nile, exclusively in theaters Friday. The greatest detective of all time, Hercule Poirot, returns to solve another deadly case. Join Poirot on a wild ride down the Nile River, promising luxury, intrigue, and murder. Grab your friends and get ready to solve this murder mystery on the big screen. Starring Kenneth Branagh and Gal Gadot. Premiering only in theaters Friday. 
from the Fox News Podcasts Network. The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day, going far beyond the headlines, tapping into the massive reporting resources of Fox News to provide a full picture of the news of the day. I'm Dana Perino. I'm Brett Baer. I'm Maria Bartiromo. I'm Brian Kilmeade. And this is the Fox News Rundown. Follow the Fox News Rundown on Spotify today. This episode is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Introducing DirecTV Stream, the best of live TV and on demand, which means you can get all your favorite sports, movies, and shows together. So you can watch new episodes of your favorite reality shows live or binge old episodes on demand. Either way, get ready for some drama. And the best part? DirecTV Stream has no annual contract. DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together at directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet and compatible device. Content varies by package and location. Restrictions apply. The storylines are unbelievable. So when you hear all the negativity around the transfer portal, and again, y'all know me, I don't think interconference transfer, you should have to sit out if you're transferring interconference unless your head coach is fired or leaves. Not a fan of that. The NIL hasn't been the disaster a lot of people thought it was going to be. And kids aren't getting paid $9 million to, you know, pour Powerade all over themselves on the sideline. I think we are heading into the golden age of college football. I I really do. We just have to make sure we protect the things we need to protect to get there. And I want to say congrats to Alabama. I want to say congrats to Pittsburgh. I want to say congrats to Baylor. I want to say congrats to Utah State. I want to say congrats to Utah, which beat a good team twice. Not only beat a good team twice, beat that team's ass twice. They play Utah again. They're going to need to get Gordon Bombay in there or something. Start doing the flying V down the field or something. Very interesting to watch. But speaking of interesting to watch, the playoff reveal, let's jump in. All right, everybody, Uh, the the four is out, as I alluded to. Uh, We've got Alabama number one, Michigan number two, Georgia number three, and Cincinnati number four. And, uh, you know, without me uh, diving too far into the Cincinnati thing, y'all know where I stand on that, Uh, regardless of what you think about them, and, and, uh, you know, I – I'm going to get to how I think it's going to go here in a second. Regardless if you feel how I do about Cincinnati this year or feel about how other people have about Cincinnati, they deserve to be in this and the other. Either way, you got to take your hat off to a group of five team for getting in. I know they had to have some help outside. They did. But at the end of the day, all the people that said, oh, a group of five team will never get in because it's, you know, a a, uh, dictatorship of college football. Well, you were wrong. And congrats to Luke Fickle. My buddy Colin Hitchler, right by Luke Fickle. Uh, it was good to see Colin. Uh, was with me in South Alabama in that in that picture there, seeing them celebrate. Colin's a great guy. But let's look at matchups. Okay, number one, I want to say I think the committee got it right. I think they did. They were never going to have Bama and Georgia play back-to-back. They are hoping that is the national championship game. Do, do not get anything twisted in this result. Now, is the four good? I think it is. I mean, Oklahoma State losing pretty much showed you how it was going to be. Now we look at matchups. Bama, Cincinnati. Bama, I think, opened up 12 and a half point favorite. Will they be able to play as complimentary as they did against Georgia? Will they be able to get up as much as they did against Georgia? Now that you're the number one team and the rat poison is going to be reversed. It's just the psychological warfare that goes on when you're dealing with 18 to 22 year olds 
and having to get them to try and compete, not focus, they're always going to be focused, but trying to compete and playing at that highest level. And one thing we have to take into account, everybody, when you're looking at the playoff is they don't start to, I believe, the 30th. I mean, you've got almost a month to get healthy, to get guys back, to get refueled, to get refreshed, and to retool any self-scout things that you look over the course of the year. Because after the conference championship game, you are self-scouting everything at the end of the year and seeing how many glaring tendencies you have. Because you can try and be as non-tendency bearing as possible, but you will always have tendencies. This is where the OCs and the DCs and all these guys that come up with the game plan really make their money. But there's a fine balance, and I'll get back to Bam and Cincinnati in a minute. I just want you to understand this. There's a fine balance between retooling, breaking tendency, but also not losing your identity, still doing the things that you know work and that you know your guys are comfortable doing. That's the fine line that these guys have to watch. That's why it's so intriguing to me, and it should be very intriguing to you to be able to, you know, uh, look and say, uh, okay, let's see how the OCs adjusted. Let's see how Gaddis adjusted. Let's see how Bill O'Brien adjusted. Let's see how Todd Munkin adjusted. Go down the list. But this Alabama-Cincinnati matchup to me, you know Cincinnati is going to come in Ripping, roaring as much as possible. They get their chance. Not only do they get their chance, they get their chance against what has been the most dominant college football dynasty that we have seen and is still going on, Nick Saban and Alabama. And saying everybody across the board is a lot healthier, I cannot wait to see the matchup between both of Cincinnati's NFL corners and Jamison Williams. We got to see how Mechie is. The difference in this game always, to me, is up front when you're looking at a team like Cincinnati. And it's not really the starting five offensive linemen or the, or the four defensive linemen. It's the depth. It's the depth. Cincinnati, we know, plays really hard. Luke Fickle's an unbelievable coach, unbelievable defensive mind. But giving Bill O'Brien a month with the tools that he has compared to what Cincinnati has, with the depth that Alabama has compared to what Cincinnati has, you've got to like Bama here. I'm looking at the 12 and a half. I'm going to see if it moves a little bit, which way, because people will be gassed up on Cincinnati because they got in. So I'm waiting to see if that line gets bent down a little bit. But the psyche of Alabama is so interesting here because Nick Saban's so great at it. He will flip this into saying, hey, these guys want to be the new dogs on the block, just like Georgia, no pun intended. We have to show them that they're not. We have to remind them who they are, and who Alabama is. Does Cincinnati have enough weapons? Are they good enough in the front seven to be able to stop a healthy Brian Robinson and healthy Alabama offensive line and a quarterback in Bryce Young that is the epitome of dual threat and is really in his bag right now? It's the extended plays that scare you to death if you're Cincinnati. You know you have two dogs at corner. You know Hell, one of them think nicknamed Sauce. I don't know any guys nicknamed Sauce that don't work at you know Burger King or McDonald's that aren't good at that good at playing football. That's a great nickname to have. And basketball. Check the N1 mixtape tour. But it's the the ability for Bryce to extend the play and turn it into a scramble drill. And then you look at the what I think will be the difference in the game, especially early, is that tight end matchup. Latu being able to bring Billingsley down, doing things like that in the seam. 
That's what I'm very interested to see. You saw the way Georgia does it with Brock Bowers and trying, trying, uh, they try and do it Darnell Washington. I think the tight end for Alabama is going to be a lot bigger in this game than we thought. Similar, similar to when I said that before the first game of the year with Alabama when they played Miami and Latu went out there and balled. But Cincinnati will be excited. This is their moment. They'll bring everybody. We already know how Alabama travels. But I don't see a world in which through four quarters, when everything is online, this is not the one-off bowl game that we talked about when I talked about Cincinnati. Because no longer, no longer, and I hope after this game, either way, either way, we can put to bed the one-off bowl game when, you know, Cincinnati last year played Georgia with six opt-outs and it's not the playoff. And and it was like, oh, well, look, they almost beat him this now we're going to know. The stakes have never been higher. So you are going to get the full weight of an Alabama. Nobody's opting out of this one. Nobody's opting out of this one. Will they be able to protect Desmond Ritter? I like Alabama. I like Alabama pretty big. But I do want to take my hat off to Cincinnati, even though I, I don't believe I still don't believe they're the fourth best team in the country. I'm sorry. I, I'm not going to I'm not going to change my mind, you know, just because it's fashionable and cool. It's not how we do things here. But I can congratulate them in the same vein. I can congratulate Luke Fickle. And it's a it's it's amazing that the group of five team that got in is the group of five team that's going to be a power five team as time is running out for kind of group of fives to get in before this playoff gets expanded if it gets expanded, hopefully. But if you look at the position groups, what advantage, what, where does Cincinnati have the advantage? Show me. You say, oh, well, they got two really good corners and, and you know, Mechie's banged up. and this. No, no. I'll take Alabama's group. I'll take Alabama's DB group over Cincinnati's DB group. You know, you've got Alabama transfer the Ford kid at running back. But if you look at every position group, especially up front, which if you're a fan of the show, you know that is the son of the football solar system. Everything revolves around how good you are up front. It's just facts. And I don't think Cincinnati can sustain. Like I said, it's a great story that's become even greater. It's a great story that has become even greater, but that still does not make them an elite team. And I find it hard to believe that Bama would come out flat for this game. Because it's the playoff. Playoff? It's the playoff. Hell of a matchup, though. And we finally get to see. I think two, three weeks ago, I kind of almost gave in saying, you know what, just put them in because I want to see. Because if they lose by 30, if they pull a Notre Dame and just get blasted when they get in the playoff, Maybe the argument will die a little bit until next year when it get, gets brought up again. So now you're in it. Everybody that wanted Cincinnati in it, everybody that said, oh, well, Cincinnati needs to be in, or this is a, this is, you know, a, a Death Star situation or a totalitarian committee. No. They're in. Can't use that excuse anymore. That one's out. Now we are going to see. And you know what? That's phenomenal. Great. Let's know. Let's play a game called Let's Find Out. And we are going to find out. But really excited to see that one four matchup. 
and see the way that Alabama handles Cincinnati because there's a long time before that game. Now, to me, what is the, the best game of the playoff in the first round? Obviously, that's what you want to call it. Georgia and Michigan. Man, that's a hell of a matchup. Let, let me just say that again. I know y'all are feeling me. Y'all love college football like I do. Georgia and Michigan. Harbaugh versus Kirby. The two guys who haven't been able to get over the big hump, Harbaugh just got over it. Kirby, we know the hump's Alabama. You look at this game, and, and what I'm so intrigued to see, what, what I cannot wait to see, if Michigan's offensive line, which we know Michigan pretty much stays with a pretty good offensive line, if they're able to pass pro the way they did against Georgia when Georgia rushes for, and again, look, Dan, he may come up with a, they may mix some things up. They may pressure a little more early, or they may do what they do and feel them out. If they're able to pass pro, does Michigan have the weapons outside to be able to hurt Georgia the way that Bama did? Do they have a Jamison Williams? Eh. To me, Michigan is very methodical, somewhat like Georgia. These two teams play very similar. Run-heavy offense. We know that with Michigan. The more Cade McNamara throws, the more you worry. I think there's more parallels between Stetson Bennett and Cade McNamara than a lot of quarterbacks in the country. Both guys aren't huge. Guys are decently mobile. They're not pinpoint passers. And you don't want them to have to throw you to wins. The formula is very similar. Now let's look on the defensive side. Georgia. And look, I know they gave up. 34, not 41 to Bama. The offense threw a pick six. I know they gave up 34 to Bama, but they're really good against the run, and we know they can rush the passer. The question's not whether they can rush the passer. It's can they rush it with four? I don't know after seeing that. I don't know. That's something we're going to have to see. But the defensive lines, I mean, Michigan's got Aiden Hutchinson, who's going to be the number one pick. They got Njobu. They're talented. They can stop the run. These are both teams that the front seven can stop the run. The question is, if the run is stopped, which quarterback balls? Because I think you're going to see Stetson. And George Pickens being back and making a play is big for George in this game. Especially when you get into the red zone. Because we know if George is healthy, and obviously he played and made a play, if George is healthy, the 50-50 ball is the 70-30 ball. Will Michigan be able to line up and run with Haskins and these guys and be able to keep Georgia honest? That is the question to me. Michigan has been trending up, and they believe, and they're playing with house money, which makes you scary and makes you dangerous. Georgia coming off a loss where they got embarrassed against a team that a lot of those guys came back for. You think they're pissed off now or before? They're a lot more pissed now. They want to see Bama again. So you have two very, very similar teams when it comes down to identity and you look at the matchups. When you have teams that are this close, you always want to look at the matchups, but these are huge. I expect this game to be one of the most physical games that we have seen all year. 
the story of this game will be written in what quarterback and what wide receiver group is able to throw the most punches and throw tight ends in there as well. But this matchup, with the narratives the way they are building up into this game, with all this time building up into this game, it's phenomenal. If you're a football fan, this is, this is best-case scenario. So as we look at the periphery and, and it coming out, and there'll be a lot of noise and, and this, that, and the other, I think the committee got it right, even though I don't believe Cincinnati is a top-four team in the country, and I think they will be somewhat exposed against Alabama. But you had to put Michigan there, and you had to put Georgia there. And it would have been crazy if Oklahoma State would have won. That would have been crazy. That debate would have been nuts. But they didn't, and they made it a little bit easier on the committee, and it is what it is. It got settled on the field. So Bama-Cincinnati, I, I just don't see a world in which Cincinnati is able to be consistent for four quarters enough up front to be able to survive, especially now that Bama has confidence. That Auburn game for Bama was a wake-up call, uh, one of many wake-up calls. And don't think just because they're number one that Nick Saban is, is going to try and sit there and, and not still use the underdog role. He'll always use the underdog role. Or that they don't believe we can do it again. Or they didn't put us number one, you know, this, that, and the other. Now they want to put us number one. They don't believe in us. Bama's going to come out fired up and ready to win it. Because I still feel like they think they're the underdog. And I don't think Cincinnati has enough, enough weapons. But the Georgia-Michigan game? Whew, Sign me up. So I do want to uh, tell the committee I think they did a good job. You guys tell me on social media at the J-Boy Show uh, what you guys think. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, the J-Boy Show. Very interested to see what you guys think. Uh, asked yesterday who would be your four, and a lot of you guys were spot on. A lot of you guys were spot on. But I do, uh, before we go, want to talk about this Mario Cristobal to Miami and possibly Brent Venables to Oklahoma. If Miami is able to get this deal done, it's looking like, I mean, reports are coming out, nothing official yet. And Manny Diaz is still there. But like we said the other day, you know, he found out who the side chick was and it's just not working anymore. But this, this, is, this hasn't been a very organized effort from Miami, in my opinion. And, and it's really not the way to do things, but it is what it is. But if they get Mario Cristobal, it's great for college football. Miami needs to be good for college football. You are signing a Miami guy. You obviously scraped up the funds if it goes through. And if you're Dabo Sweeney and Clemson, you, I'm telling you right now, Mario is a guy that is going to bring really good linemen into Miami, really good players in general at multiple positions. But the line of scrimmage is where he is going to bring Miami back. And that's where Clemson, outside of this year, has murdered people in the ACC. They had an SEC D-line and offensive line. Mario Cristobal can do that same thing. And the momentum, we all know Miami, all they need is a spark. That is a huge brand in college football. And the, young, and the kids, the recruits, love the swag. They like being a part of that. It fits and blends perfectly into where we are. In society, it's it's the perfect fit. And Mario is smart enough to embrace that, but he's also smart enough to realize that he has to be organized, he has to be efficient, and he's got to be able to recruit. And those are all things that he does. That's why, in my opinion, and if he goes to Miami, could it throw a wrench in it because it's his alma mater? I don't know. That Bama, Nick wants him after, after Nick Saban leaves. Not Davo. 
I think they want Mario. So this would be a grand slam in the bottom of the ninth in game seven of the World Series for Miami. You couldn't have made a better hire. And I don't think it'll take them long with the transfer portal. Mario Cristobal goes to Miami. Watch that transfer portal. It is going to be on fire for Miami. And if you're Mike Norvell, it just got tougher. If you're Billy Napier, it just got a little tougher. But it's great for college football. And it's great for Florida State. And it's great for Florida. Competition breeds excellence. You are what you eat. That environment you in, uh, you're in, that you play in against teams, you want to play against good teams to sharpen your team so when you play against the best teams, you got a fighting chance. So if you're a Florida State fan or you're a Florida fan or, or ACC fan that's worried, no, this makes you more viable. Mario goes east. Huge pickup, if true for Miami. Huge pickup. Now, Brent Venables to Oklahoma, hearing reports of that, hearing reports like we talked about two weeks ago, that he'd try and bring Jeff Levy, the OC from Ole Miss out there at Oklahoma. Do I think this is a, a grand slam hire for Oklahoma? No. But Oklahoma got caught flat-footed, in my opinion, just like Notre Dame got caught flat-footed. So what happens when you get caught flat-footed? you got to make a decision. And it's going to be so interesting seeing the identity of Oklahoma go from Lincoln Riley, we think offense, to Brent Venables, we think defense. But if you're coming into the SEC, what's the one side of the ball that we said Oklahoma had to fix? The defense. I promise you this, Brent Venables will fix it. And Brent Venables doesn't know anybody at Clemson anything. We talk about Billy uh, uh, Napier building up equity. Brent Venables has got a ton of equity built up at Clemson. He could have bolted times before, but now he's going to be going to a team that is joining the Southeastern Conference. And that defense will be very improved. And Jeff Levy, if he does come, is an unbelievable offensive mind. I'm just telling you guys right now. Jeff Levy's really, really good and very well respected in the coaching community because of his offensive acumen. And now we may go from a situation, and I know Ole Miss's defense is getting better. But where Jeff Levy and them had to score 35, 42, 45 points to win, now you may have scored 27. And you don't have to be a mathematician to realize that's easier. So the identity of Oklahoma is shifting to a defensive head coach. That shows me a couple things. Number one, they're still so disgusted at Lincoln Riley that they're going on an opposite side of the ball as a head coach. And they feel like he's the best available that will take him. So if you had to grade the hires to go through, Mario Cristobal, A++++ at Miami. Brent Venables at Oklahoma, I give him a B, solid B. And you could say B+, because we talk about, you know, the supply matching the demand. But it's just amazing to see these dominoes fall. And I'll go back to it. When mama calls, you answer. And it seems like Mama called Mario, being Miami, and said, we need you to come home, and we need you to come turn the light on on this monster. <laughs> if anybody can do it, Mario can. And if he doesn't start the press conference with, it's -a me, a Mario, I'll be disappointed. But unbelievable day 
make sure uh, you guys, we, we got a show tomorrow. Uh, we're traveling, uh, so it's probably going to be pre-recorded, but we are breaking down everything, including David Cohn. If this Mario uh, Criswell thing goes through, not only said it was going to happen, but called the day. Just another manic Sunday. Hmm. Not too far off. But make sure you subscribe to the Volume YouTube channel as well. Go check us out. Uh, we're going to be out in Vegas this week. National Football uh, uh, Foundation Awards. We're going to have guys like Tony Romo on. I'm just telling you, this week is going to be nuts. So tell your friends. Tell everybody. We got a big-time week, a ton of college football to talk about. And it's not just the playoff bowls. It's the New Year Six Bowls. It's the Peripheral Bowls. It's the Duke Mayo Bowl. It's the Meineke Car Care Bowl. It's the, hey, I, we get to play another game.com bowl. And there's going to be a lot of bets. Woo. So get your pickums ready. Make sure you're subscribed to the Volume YouTube channel and our Apple Podcast, Spotify. Make sure you're subscribed there because we have got some unbelievable content coming. And understand, we will never run from predictions. I picked Georgia to win the whole thing before the year. Still picking it. Picked Georgia to, to beat Alabama 20, I think I said 27-17 yesterday, 24-17. We're not running, running from it. When you do this enough, and you do so many games, you're going to be wrong sometimes. But that's what makes it interesting. And we love dissent here. If we were always right, if you were always right, it would be boring. Now, you'd probably like to make a lot of money. You know how to bet it, right? But it's been an unbelievable college football year so far, and it's only going to get better. So make sure you stick with us. Appreciate you guys. Hope you're having a great Sunday. Safe travels. Hug your family. Hug your friends. Appreciate you guys. We'll talk to you tomorrow live, 3 to 4 Eastern, only on the Volume YouTube channel. The Volume. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.